Hello. After we became Christians, that is, gave our lives to Christ, I would have dropped everything to do mission work. Needless to say, Jean had something to say about that. Then I realised, or perhaps God prompted me, that work can be a mission field as well. So I stayed working at Dunlop, following the verse in Colossians 3 that says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. These are some of the things that God did. I started work in the research department of Fort Dunlop straight from school in 1967. It was either that or going down the sewers with the public health. Like many young men, I had a car that I serviced myself. So when I found that being a member of Dunlop Motor Club entitled me to a discount on car parts, I joined up. It was there I discovered motorsport. Before this, I'd never had any, many interests, but I took to competing like a proverbial to water. Not only that, but I was found I was particularly good at water tests, hill climbs, rallying, and in particular, co-driving. My O-level in geography becoming very useful for map reading. Then a job came up in the motorsport department and for the next 13 years I learned how to design racing tyres and enjoyed myself being part of a winning team at Silverstone and Le Mans and elsewhere. I met famous racing drivers and engineers of that era and got a great adrenaline rush from riding with some of them during tyre testing. However, I had to give up competing when I got married, so work became even more important to me. It all came to an end though when Dunlop was taken over by our daughter company, Sumitomo Rubber Industries, and in a typically Japanese apologetic way, I received my first brown envelope, a redundancy notice, in 1985. This reorganisation though created four positions specifically for those losing their job and I was offered one of them. By now God was clearly guiding me and I was the only person to be re-employed in a higher position. Working under the tutelage of one of the best designers, Tom Holmes, who had designed tyres for Concord and created the first run flat tyre. I was to be Dunlop's expert witness, representing the company in litigation and at court. Then I became a Christian and let everybody know about it. One day I was called into the technical director's office. Now this director, let's call him P, was notorious for striking fear into the hearts of his staff. If you weren't well prepared for a meeting, he'd tear you to shreds and think nothing of bawling you out across the office in front of your colleagues. Straight away he asked me, how do you think your newfound faith will affect your job representing the company? I knew exactly what he meant. And not wanting to say outright, I'd never lie caught. I mumbled something to the effect that I would never state anything under oath that I didn't have confidence in. Shortly afterwards, he relieved me of that position 
and gave me the job that no one else wanted, suggestion scheme secretary. As an inducement, though, I didn't get to look after the Queen and Maggie Thatcher's tyres, but I never met either of them. And so it was that one day I was in the foyer setting up a display when P came storming past, blaspheming like mad. Being newly filled with the Holy Spirit, I automatically turned on him and told him to stop taking the name of the Lord in vain. Amazingly, he stopped, shocked that anyone should challenge him, and couldn't say a word except for some mumbled apology. Only afterwards did I realise just how powerful the name of Jesus is. It happened again when I was in the test fleet garage, but this time I was privileged to know the result. One of the drivers, L, did the same and I reacted the same. Later, L came to work in the test house that I was then by then managing. He took me to one side and asked if I remembered that day in the garage. Then he said that first he was really annoyed that I challenged him, but later he began to think that maybe I was right. So Al started going to a Salvation Army church. He met one of the officers, became a Christian and married her. There were more opportunities to witness because of that. When an army officer marries a non-officer, she has to give up her commission. And several of our colleagues asked why she did this. They couldn't see that serving God requires all of one's time. But going back to my job as a suggestion secretary, a job became available in the truck tire development department, designing truck tires, not surprisingly. The day I started there, two other people, both Christians, started at the same time. A young lad, A, was half my age, but spiritually way, way older than me. He taught me several useful Bible verses and we decided to start a prayer meeting in our lunch break once a week. Being naive, I thought anyone who went to church would jump at the chance to bring God to work. Not a bit of it. But a handful of us did and we started praying for each other and our colleagues in between bites of sandwiches. And so the next chapter, chapter started. Eventually, as I said, I moved to a management position in the test house. Working there was a guy, Jay, whom I'd been friends with for many years. He was a Catholic, which he told me when I asked him if he wanted to join our prayer group. No, thank you. I'm a Catholic, he said. Another lesson learned. Jay's daughter had started seeing a lad who went to an, the Evangelical Coat and Green Church in Tamworth. Jay came and asked me about it because he thought it was a cult. By one of those godly coincidences, Jean and I had visited Coat and Green the weekend before. So I was able to say, no, it's okay. Why don't you go and see for yourself? So he did and came back a Christian. This was fortunate because soon after another young lad came to work with us. This lad, G, 
had had a really bad upbringing. Deserted by his father, he joined the army soon after he, as soon as he could. He did a tour of Northern Ireland where he shot and killed someone. As a consequence, he gained an unhealthy interest in guns and knives and often came to work in combat gear with undesirable magazines. J and A took him under their wing, so to speak, with the rest of us praying for him. Eventually A got him to go to his church where he gave his life to Christ and married a young Christian girl. I lost touch of, of, uh, with him when he moved down south, but I still shudder at the thought of what he might have been had not God been working through us. I don't believe I did anything special during those years. During a design and innovation course as part of my degree, someone misquoted a phrase as invention favours the prepared mind. And it struck me that you could say the same of salvation. Salvation favours a prepared mind. And that seemed to be my mission field, preparing minds for others to save. Something we all can do just by applying what Jesus taught us and, and using our experiences. We don't always get to know the outcome, but we can be sure of one thing. Nothing is wasted. But it wasn't to last. Change was coming again. 